Hi everyone, this is Nurse Anna coming to you from nursestudy.net and tonight we're going to be talking to you about peritonitis. So peritonitis occurs when the membrane that lines the inner wall of the abdomen and supports and covers most of the abdominal organs becomes inflamed. Peritonitis can be caused by a fungal or bacterial infection. It can also be caused by a rupture or perforation in the abdomen. Peritonitis will always require immediate medical intervention, primarily to fight infection. If peritonitis is not treated, the patient can develop sepsis. Patients with a history of peritonitis in the past have an, actually have an increased risk of getting peritonitis in the future, along with patients who also have a history of cirrhosis, Crohn's disease, diverticulitis, appendicitis, peritoneal dialysis, and pancreatitis. There are two types of peritonitis. We have a spontaneous peritonitis, which is usually caused, we have spontaneous peritonitis, and this is usually caused by infected fluid that collects in the peritoneal cavity. It is also seen in patients who receive peritoneal dialysis. We also have a secondary peritonitis. Now this condition usually occurs when bacteria enter the peritoneal cavity via a perforation in the GI tract. Examples include penetrating abdominal trauma, ruptured appendix, and even a perforated ulcer. Now of note, to remember the difference, try to remember that secondary peritonitis occurs secondary to another event. Signs and symptoms. The patient may exhibit the following signs and symptoms. They're going to have a fever, abdominal pain and swelling, decreased urine output, nausea and or vomiting, decreased appetite, thirst, and unable to pass gas or stool. Diagnostics. The physician or other healthcare practitioner may use the following to diagnose peritonitis. Blood tests. And among the blood tests, CBC will be done to see if there's a high white blood cell count, a WBC count, which is indicative of infection. Peritoneal fluid. The fluid in the peritoneum will be sampled by needle aspiration. This fluid is normally clear as it is sterile. It should look like the fluid that comes out of a blister. However, if it is cloudy, this is usually due to the presence of white blood cells that may be indicative of an infection or inflammation. The sample will be sent to lab for analysis and culture. A CT scan will show more detail than an x-ray. Abdominal ultrasound may or may not be helpful, and this will be up to the healthcare practitioner. Treatments. Patients with peritonitis will usually need to be hospitalized, and the following treatments may be utilized. Surgery, to remove infected tissue and to treat underlying cause of infection. The source of the infection must be treated to keep infection from spreading. Antibiotics will be given also to fight infection. IV fluids. This will assist in maintaining the blood pressure and hydration. Supplemental oxygen as needed and pain medications as needed. It's also important to note that if a patient was on peritoneal dialysis to begin with, the healthcare practitioner may order dialysis to be done via a different route until the infection can be brought under control. So that's our little blip on peritonitis. I hope this information was helpful. Don't forget to visit our Facebook page at NurseStudyNet or online at NurseStudy.net. This is Nurse Anna, hoping that you have a great evening.